Welcome to the Card Authority Podcast, where we talk all things trading cards, AFL, NBA, and more. We cover it all. Check out cardauthority.com.au for more information, news, and all our episodes. And now, this week's episode with your hosts, AJ and AJ. Welcome to the Card Authority podcast number three. And as everyone will see, we've got video again today. So we're trying to really get our tech team up and running and trying to get this for you on as many platforms as possible. So welcome everyone to the show. AJ, welcome back. What a crazy week we've had. Uh, it certainly has been, AJ. And it's uh, once again, good to be back in the hot seat uh, for Card, Card Authority Australia podcast. And uh, it's uh, been a big, big couple of weeks. It was all culminating for a little while. And uh, here we are. We find ourselves at the end of the weekend after a huge, huge new release, which just had unprecedented demand. So it's been a massive few days. I haven't had much sleep. I know you're very much the same. Last night included, both of us got caught up in the hysteria last night, didn't we? Well, and look, we'll, we'll certainly go through all all of the antics that have happened over the last couple of days. We've got obviously another episode of Unicorn Hunting. We've got some questions from for AJ's mailbag. And we're going to talk everything dominance because obviously that's what everyone wants to talk about. But before you get stuck into this, and I know sometimes it's hard to get you talking, all right? So I'm just going to put the brakes on you for a second. We announced on episode two, our second unicorn episode or unicorn hunting episode, that we had a, uh, someone that reached out to us at Card Authority Australia, Lachlan, who was looking for um, a Nick Natanui patch redemption sig, which was the fourth part to basically the four patches. He had three of them. He knew this card existed. He'd been trying for about a year and a half to get it. And we set the scene, we put the feelers out, we let everybody know that we were looking for this. And I think this is a good opportunity to bring Lachlan in and we'll talk to him more about it. Here we go. Here we go. It's an amazing story indeed. And I can't wait to hear the details of it because I've known Lachlan since the start of uh, the start of this search. So it's... Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. I'm very Lachlan, much looking forward to this. Welcome very much to the Card Authority podcast. Obviously, you're with AJ and AJ. Um, mate, we've got you here on the show because you've got some exciting news. Tell the listeners and the viewers out there what's happened. I do have some exciting news. And firstly, thank you to both of you guys for having me online. But um, we've managed to find our first unicorn, thanks to the help Woo! of both AJ and AJ. But we got there it. it is. We, it's um it's been a long journey, but finally we've managed to find the twenty-two of eighty Nick Natanui signature Guernsey redemption, and it's going to be in my hands within one to two weeks. Finally, get a photo of all four together. Can't wait. Um, amazing stuff, Lachlan. And I know awesome. myself myself being in the collector community for AFL cards, I'm very familiar with the chase uh, that you've been on for for a little while now. And uh, this is really an amazing one because. It wasn't a chase for a number one or a jumper number or an individual card like that. It was the chase for a very specific card that no one knew what the number of that card actually was because it wasn't about the number. It was about that piece of fabric and that piece of jumper and that Guernsey that, that was embedded in the card right there. Because Lachlan's chase, ladies and gentlemen, was to put four patch cards together to create the piece of the jumper as a whole that was cut up. And uh, it's an amazing story indeed. 
I know little bits and pieces of it, but I'd love to uh, hear a bit more about where it started and how we got to uh, this situation where, where we've found ourselves over the last couple of days. So uh, Lachlan, for, for the benefit of myself and uh, everyone that's tuning into this episode, can you tell us how this started? Did this start back in 2017? I think this patch, the patch is from Certified 17, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So did you start this back in 17 or did you come into the hobby a bit later than that and you, you've done it retrospectively? So how did that start? Um, so I'm actually young myself. I'm only 17 now. So getting income for money isn't as easy as it sounds. And b another big fact is that I actually live overseas. So I'm, I'm currently in Malaysia at the moment. Oh. Um, I don't have my collection with me because my father and everything studies up here. So I've been living up here for eight years now, which does make it quite difficult to come into account with footy cards and everything, but I still keep my love for the, for the hobby and everything. So I'm luckily enough to have all the Facebook groups to be by my side and help me get what I need. But um, back in, I would say 2016, um, I head down to Al's card shop in South Perth. No, in Perth City. Sorry, I'm, I'm from South Perth, which is why I said it. But, um, and I bought a pack of NBA cards. And luckily in my first pack of NBA cards, I, I hit a jersey signature. It was, not, it was no one big. Tony Snell of the Chicago Bulls. But it was the same product that Giannis was in. So it's just the thought of getting a hit, even though it was like a $3 card, it really just hooked me on. And then since then, I found the the excitement of AFL collecting. I've been doing team coach since I was six years old. I have all the base sets of that. It's nothing big when looking at the retrospective of what I have now, but I've just been collecting for quite a bit of time. And then fast forward to 2017, I get more into the serious side of things. And I see that the Nick Nui Sig patch is the big, big card for the Eagles mm -hmm. collectors, obviously. Nick Nui is such a big player for our club. He's arguably my best, my favorite player now. So, I was starting doing team collections from 2017 up until about 2019. So in 2018, I managed to find my first one because there was no one was really buying 2017 product after I would say November of 2017. Like there was a big spike, but there was still lots of products sitting at select. So yeah. one of my great mates actually pulled, got a box and pulled number 30. It was unredeemed and he gave it to me for a really, really good price. And I just, I couldn't thank him enough. I happened to redeem it and I got the MA of the Puma logo in down to the mm -hmm. bottom right. Uh, roughly two months later, um, the PU and the, the side of the AFL logo popped up on a card group. And I was just like, oh my God, I need to get these together. The bloke that owned it was an Eagles fan. So it was hard ripping it off him, but um, he did come, unfortunately happened to come to sell some of his collection. So Tony Mamo, I think it was, got his hands onto it. And um, yeah. He told me that he's willing to trade an identical patch um, for the same one. And I gave him a little bit of money on top just for his worthwhile. So I managed to put those two together. And then fast forward to about a month ago, I bought an unredeemed one from someone that was pulled on pla from Planet of the Breaks. And um, I sent it in just thought, why not? It was, it was a decent price as well. And it happened to be the top bit of the P PU with oh, half of the wow. Eagles logo on it. So I had three pieces. I know Amazing. I had three pieces of the four, like when I saw the photo from my mate, because obviously I was sitting in hotel, hotel quarantine up here in Malaysia. It's safe to say I screamed and I saw, <laughs> I was just like, you've, you've got to be kidding me. I've managed to get another piece. I've now got to get this top part of the Puma logo. So I reached out to you guys, got it on the podcast and then, um, I chucked up a, or oh, I've had an eBay wanted post up there for a while. So if you did search up wanted Nick Nui Guernsey signature, you'll find me looking for that post, which is how I actually encountered it in the end. Awesome. Um, what an amazing, 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 amazing story there. And um, 
yeah, just so I incredible how it all just came to be. And I think that's one of those things as well, AJ, that uh, we can attest to that with regards to collecting, the way you collect and what you PC and what your chase is, it varies based on different things happening as well. So I feel, I feel like for you, Lachlan, the, the idea of it starting to come together that there was a chase all of a sudden to create this four card logo probably has also really like pumped up your chase for Nick Natanui in general, I think. And for me, as like a, as someone else within the hobby that's looking at, at you and everyone else and seeing what people, people are up to, I definitely feel like since, I feel like since you got the third piece of the puzzle, you've had a whole new fire in your belly as well yeah. with, the, with, the, with the Nick Nat stuff. And it's really exciting. And as you said, you're only 17 years old. So it's, uh, yeah, it's really exciting for a whole new generation coming through here. Yeah, 100%. Um, ever since I got the first two bits, um, I decided to drop the whole West Coast Eagles chase and focus solely on Nick Natanui. So now it's safe to say up to Dominance 2020, I do have every single one of Nick Natanui's cards produced. Um, I don't know how many people do have this set, but I'm proud to say I do happen to own all of them from promo cards to team coach prize cards, etc. But it's just, it's, it's a big, wide range of 120 different cards some of them were very very hard to find especially the, the hardest one for me actually was the 2010 prize card which i managed to encounter only two weeks ago so that's on on route to me that, right now is that one of the error cards is it yeah it wasn't an error card it was um so the team coach prize cards were issued through the competition they weren't in the albums that's like they are today correct. so in yeah, 2010 in 2010, it is quite hard to find, especially a Nick Natanui one that someone happened to win in decent condition and is for sale up 10 years later on. So I managed to find an Eagle set. It was an affordable price. I just grabbed it. Now I'm safe to say I've got all of them. So I'm very lucky to be where I am, especially in terms of Nick Natanui cards, and I can't wait to see what comes out in the future. So Lachlan, when, when, when... Sorry, AJ. So Lachlan, when... um. When obviously this person, let, let's let's wind back the story a little bit. When the person reached out to you, what first of all was your, um, well, your immediate result response would have been excitement. But how did the the early conversations go? Were was the person that had the unicorn willing to? Um, I guess once he reaches out, you know that he's willing to do something. But was it an easy process, or was it um, you know, did it cost you a fortune? Like how, how did it all unfold? Um. It was relatively easy, surprisingly. So the wanted post, I said, I'm willing to buy or trade an exact Nick Nanui patch signature, uh, as you guys mentioned on the podcast. So I actually have, I already have four of them because I'm a big Nick Nanui collector myself. Um, but so I have one, it's a three color one. It's a very, very nice patch. It's got nice. the blue, the ochre of the eagle and the yellow. So I said, I'm willing to give you this one. Um, I've got all these guys who are willing to offer extra cards if you're after a certain set chase and some money as well and give it your way because initially when he he messaged me he said i do have the card you're after and i don't want you to keep looking but unfortunately i'm not selling it right now so i said okay he's he's not selling it but hopefully he's either a master set collector or an eagles chase collector that is all right with just swapping it for a very very good patch and hopefully to help me out in the future and um he's he jumped on board he said what number was it told him told him all the story he said send it to me as soon as I get it, I'll judge it for imperfections, as I said, because I don't want to make it as though I'm ripping him off, trying to swap it with like a damaged card for the for a better one. So I said, you can have it, look at it for a bit. If you're happy with it, send me through your one. If not, just send it back. And I'm sure we can organize something else. But it's just, it's it's been a long journey and I'm happy to say it's finally over, but I can't wait to get a photo of all four of them together. 
I'm, awesome. uh, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in here, and there I'm just going to say, Lachlan is massively underrepresenting his intent and the lengths he also went to here. Because when he first got that response on eBay, uh, he actually clicked me over a message and said, "Oh my god, dude!" And Lachlan, it's fair to say you were freaking out at the time, mate. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. He got in touch and, and we talked about, okay, well, wow, this is very exciting. You know, you, you're going to go down this process and down this path or whatever. The next thing you know, Detective Lachlan is moving in all over Facebook, trying to <laughs> correlate the guy, the guy's username on uh, eBay with a Facebook profile. He, within minutes, structures together what was probably about a 15-paragraph uh, message <laughs> of uh, the entire the entire backstory of what's occurred with the card and everything, and just it was it was very eloquent. It was very nice, and he's fired it off to the guy. I've given Lachlan a big thumbs up and gone fantastic stuff. His message me back about 30 minutes later, going, "It wasn't him. <laughs> it, was, it was not. It, it, was, it wasn't the guy. It wasn't the guy." But uh, then uh, it was only a couple of hours later. I get another message from Lachlan. Um, he was just uh, in disbelief, and uh, the gentleman had responded back through eBay and deal done. A true collector, the other guy as well, wasn't there to try and make money off it or anything like that. It was. Uh, he, he's looked at Lachlan's situation. He says, as a, from collector to re collector, I respect what you are doing here. This card is a prize card in my personal collection. However, it would be much better to go in your collection with what you've got and you just give me another replacement one and that'll do for me. And that is the epitome of what we would love seeing with regards to collecting cards and the collecting side of trading cards. Just an, an incredible story. And uh, I certainly wouldn't have predicted that by episode three, a unicorn would have been found. You heard it here first, card authority exclusive. We hunt hey unicorns, guys. so that's what we do. That's what we do. And this is the precedent we're setting now, that if we can do this for Lachlan, we can do this for you. And obviously later in the show, we've got another unicorn that we're going to announce. Um, but Lachlan, you know, as AJ said, and my feelings as well, we are so thrilled for you. Like we can't tell you how happy. And obviously we told you we were more than happy to help with whatever cards you needed to make sure this deal got done. And as AJ mentioned, it wasn't needed because this collector was just an absolute gentleman. So not only, I guess you guys will probably have a relationship moving forward now as you're both West coast collectors. And I'm sure that's going to bring fruits of both sides, but obviously this other gentleman now is a, a friend of card authority. And if he ever needs anything, he's, more than welcome to reach out to either of us and we'll certainly help him as well. But um, mate, we're absolutely thrilled for you. Yeah, I, I couldn't thank you but you guys enough for all the help everyone especially has put in to help me try and find this. And I'm, I'm just so glad to say it's finally been done. But for everyone else, just submit your unicorns. You never know what can happen. Miracles do happen. And if you need anything, I'm sure you have everyone around you to help you out. So we're in it for the collecting game and we're all here to help you. Excellent. Well, well, mate, well we appreciate said. that. Yeah. And, and well said. And, uh, and look, you know, thank you for obviously sharing this journey with us and, um, you know, we appreciate the support and that's what we want. We want people to get involved in the show and we want good outcomes like this. Um, you know, you're not always going to get a good outcome with a unicorn, but gee, it's bloody good when you do get a good one. So yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome, mate. Amazing stuff. Thanks, 100%. Well, 
Thanks so much for uh, for jumping on with us as well tonight, of course. Uh, Lachlan. That's at such a notice as well. We really appreciated it. And as I said, mate, you're an absolute asset to the card collecting community, and everyone out there uh, in the scene knows uh, knows who you are, and you're you're a real asset, and you go out of your way to help a lot of people. And I see a lot of people do it do it back right for you too, and it's uh, amazing stuff. And congratulations, it couldn't have happened to a greater greater collector. So, well done, Lachlan, and thanks again for coming on this evening with us. As we so move much, forward to the next segment. Well, how awesome was that? Um, obviously, AJ, when we started this unicorn hunting segment, we, um, look, I think deep down, we both knew that we, through our connections and through the networks and um, the groups that we're in, and obviously between us, we know quite a few people in this space. We thought we'd probably be able to land a couple of unicorns for people, but geez, I didn't think it was going to happen so fast. Uh, not just so fast, but that particular one out of yep. all out of the unicorns. Well, well, look, there's only been two unicorn chases so far, but you and I both have a good idea of the type of cards that people are looking for out there. And this is an extraordinarily unique card and especially unique because it's something that may have never actually been redeemed. So it may not have existed on the secondary market yet. It might still be locked away in that select vault somewhere. So the fact that uh, to find that, you know, a one in 80 piece of a puzzle that no one even knows what it was basically, or very, you know, the one person that had it did and that was it yep. is, uh, is quite, quite an incredible thing. So one, it just happened so quickly and two, uh, uh, you know, that's the type of unicorn that we would could take 10, 15 years to find. Like, Absolutely. Crazy. Not a week and a half. It's just unbelievable. And, and a huge credit to both parties too. Like a lot of people, I'm not sure if you get asked this, but I get asked this too, is that if they submit a unicorn, they're worried that they're going to have to give their left kidney for it. You know, yeah. and the, the fact that this transaction was able to go down so easily and so smoothly and both parties were really satisfied I mean, it's a credit to both the guys. It's a credit to the community. And let's just keep rolling with this. You know, get your submissions in. Let us try to help you. If we start getting enough in, you know, we've got a few banked up, but we don't mind doing a couple a week. You know, we, we are here to help you guys in the community. So, um, you know, hunters, let us know. And if you can help a hunter, well, the offer always stands. We're always happy to, you know, help make whatever deal possible to certainly get it across the line. So congratulations to everybody. And um, yeah, it's bloody good to get a win this early. Yeah. Unbelievable. Congratulations to Lachlan and uh, well done to the, to the collector who uh, it remains anonymous within yep. the community is not a, uh, not really a member of the whole Facebook uh, community and whatnot as well. So absolute credit to him and yeah, well done. Amazing stuff to get that just like for like trade and swap over. Uh, this is the feel-good stories we want to be talking about and reporting on on the yep. on the card authority. So, so amazing stuff. Let's uh, let's get into some of the I guess the news and what everyone's talking about at the moment. So, Donimus, this is just shows how sleep deprived I am. It's been a, a crazy few days since the dominance release. Um, obviously, we reported on a couple of things about the hysteria, you know, pre-launch and on buying day, and then obviously on launch day. Um, how now, sort of three or four days into it, how, how have you seen everything going? Has it gone as you expected it would? Um, yeah. Give me your thoughts, AJ. Yeah. So um, 
from my perspective, it has pretty much gone uh, as I thought it would. However, so, you know, let, let's step back a few days here and step back even a couple of weeks here. And the expectation was, okay, there's a, the market is as big as it's been for decades. It's running super hot at the moment. Uh, it's a perfect storm of a number of different factors of all combined to make it perfect, perfect, huge, high demand market conditions for the release of a new product. The product comes out, the demand is even crazier than what anyone could have possibly forecasted. It goes absolutely nuts. The sealed product price goes through the roof. The demand goes through the roof. Uh, cases and boxes start arriving to people early before the release date. So everything starts hitting the market earlier, it starts to kick in. Now, as we expected, there wasn't going to be the same frequency of listing and the, um, the same volume of, of what's, uh, what's been there for previous series. But I think what we should be looking at in terms of comparisons would really be prestige as opposed to dominance last year. We could make comparisons, but the marketplace is just totally different. You know? And when we look at the numbers side of things and the metrics and the data associated with it, and not just the uh, emotion or what we're seeing in front of us on the internet at face value, um, we begin to, to really, you know, you can dissect that and see some pretty crazy things. Well, you can't compare this to dominance last year because there's 120% more people participating in AFL cards. Yep. We can compare it closer to something like Prestige, which was only a couple of months ago, and the market is still, and the, and the participation rate and the amount of new collectors or speculators or traders or whatever it may be, or breakers, whatever it is, has increased dramatically since then as well. But where we're basically at in terms of the numbers, AJ, is that uh, yesterday at uh, 5 p.m. yesterday, which was a good measurement point from a release that came out on Thursday, but people started already breaking product on Tuesday. Yep. Um, it was down, it, it was only eBay was representing a listing volume of 22% of where it was for prestige at the same point wow. in time. So basically at that 72 hour point, pretty much or thereabouts for prestige, uh, there was a lot more. Yeah, there was. So, so this release only represents 22%. So as a result of that, the prices will hold up for a longer period of time. Um, there's more people looking for the cards but there's not as much of the product that's been opened yet and therefore it can't hit the secondary market with frequency. Uh, the thing that caught me out here was, I think I said from the outset, my expectation was cards would start very high and they would maintain at that higher level for a longer period of time. They would still drop in the various waves and what happens in the market, but um, it wouldn't be as ferocious and as significant as what we're used to. Now, even I was blown away by the prices that some of these cards came out to start with and that they're holding that high. Um, I think we probably got it pretty spot on with the Pendlebury Captain Signature and the Dustin Martin uh, Dominance card being two of the most valuable ones in the series. The Grundy Influential is obviously a huge one as well. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it started really high. It maintained quite high. And now we're starting to see more product being opened, people starting to complete sets quickly. So as a result of that, the natural market forces a, a bit of downward pressure. I've certainly noticed too that you you touched on very much how the top end cards have held and increased their price. And we've seen some of the prices for the captain signatures. And I'm not sort of talking about the the Pendlebury's, but the, the what I'd call probably the mid-tiers. So 
the Nat Fife's, the Patrick Cripps, the Bontempelli's, they feel like they've probably been about 20% higher than what we estimated. Um, and there's, there's still a demand for them at that price. You know, you, you occasionally see an outlier on eBay where someone just clicks and buys and doesn't look any research, but it seems like the prices have been fairly consistent to where they've been over the last couple of days. And that was surprising for me. Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll use Fife as a real life example and just based on my research and what I've looked at with particular cards, you know, I think, and I, you may feel differently, but I expected Fife would open up in the 400 to 600 range, but yep. it actually opened up in the 650 to 800 range. Yep. And it's held, it's held that range for the, for the previous four, four days or five days, and it's still holding, whereas normally you would have seen a drop of about 20% at this point. So um, it's quite an interesting one, and I think it's probably something we'll actually, we'll, we'll be able to talk a bit more about it in AJ's mailbag because some ripper questions have come through and some of them are really specific to that, that point as well. So I think we can get into a bit more depth there there as well um let's talk a little bit about people actually getting stock and getting their hands on it there was there was definitely a little bit of angst is probably the right word um not only on release day and probably the 24 hours after it and you know we've we've touched on how um sports card world and card zone in victoria and south australia represent anyway those two um have done the the right thing and try to provide people with as much stock as possible at effectively retail price. Do you think that there has been still, is there still now a few days later that people are unhappy that they can't get it? Or do you think that tide has shifted just a little bit? Yeah, so I think there's been a significant shift in the sentiment. And I think that was always going to happen. But I can completely understand and appreciate the initial reaction from a vast, vast amount of people. It was a loud voice and it was significant yep. about the discontent of what had happened on that Monday morning and, and, and all this sort of stuff. But um, look, I think as, as a lot of people ha have been saying, and you and I certainly jumped on that bandwagon as well, the expectation was always just, everyone just take a deep breath here. This was pre-release. We're still going into Thursday in official release there would be a number of retailers as exactly what select said, where stock was assigned to retail account holders and they, a lot of them would be in a position where they have to run it at retail price. They're not going to all of a sudden after 20 or 30 years of selling selects product, they can't just go and price gouge it like other people maybe were able to do. So as a result of that, you had exactly those guys, whether it was card zone or sports card world, or I think maybe, um, just cards or, or owls which Lachlan was talking about I think there was a number of shops that were either at the recommended retail itself or as close as they could be to RRP based yep. on the circumstances with respect to freight and, and all that sort of stuff as well um, but let's not forget that you know some people are trying are going and saying oh you know fake demand fake hype it was all just the breakers that are trying to get the stock and stuff well do you know what disproves that you go look at the Channel 9 news report from South Australia of what happened at Sports Card World on, uh, on Thursday morning, which was, you know, an incredible thing. For the first time in the history of trading cards and for, for Sports Card World, which I think has been around for over 20 years, there was an 80 deep line in the mall where their shop is yep. before doors had opened. 
that's real life demand. Yep. That's not a break website. That's not a computer bot or whatever it may be. That is real life demand that represents people want the product. It's not just there to be flipped over and flipped from a sealed perspective. People want it and they want to bust it. And now we're starting to see all those cards come out. Absolutely. And look, even, you know, like EJ's here in Melbourne too, they were selling basically at retail price as well. You know, they've pretty much broken a lot of their stock that they had. They didn't hang on to it. They wanted to get it in the hands of the users. And I mean, they priced it accordingly, still based on retail prices. So I guess as a, a collective hold, all the places that we've mentioned, you know, well done guys. You know, we congratulated Select last week about doing a great product. But well done to those retailers too that have really wanted to make sure the stock can get in people's hands. Um, you know, did all the stock get in everyone's hand that everyone wanted it? No. But honestly, if Select had sold every single box individually, people would have still missed out as well. When you've only got 500 cases of stock, which is what, 6,000 boxes or something like that, there, there physically isn't enough for everybody to get some. So there's always going to be a few hard luck stories, but look, congratulations to all the retailers. You know, they've, um, they've done a brilliant job trying to get as much of it out as quickly as possible. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And yeah, credit where credit is due. Um, at the same time, there are other, other people that, uh, and other stores and other retail that have moved the product at higher prices. And that's the nature of the game. And that's the nature of the market forces at play here as well. And at the end of the day, the customers will decide. So whether the customers are the collectors or Good the point. customers are the, are the break operators or the customers are speculators or longer term investors, whatever it may be, people will determine. So it's, you know, I think it's all good and proper and people can be outraged seeing boxes sell for $500 or whatever it may be. But the fact of the matter is the demand is there for the purchasing. It is human beings that is, are making those purchases. So the outrage, it's, it's, it's maybe warranted, but it's not going to be successful because people want to pay that amount of money for it. And if the market and people enough people decide that they want to pay a thousand dollars for a box, and that's what it's going to be, yep. whether you can get a thousand dollars out of a box, uh, that's to be seen so far. You'd have to be very, very lucky. But you know, it, it's there's definitely there's, there's a shift going on. There's no doubt about it. And whether there's a bunch of other people from the NBA market moving in, or just a more international mentality being applied to our domestic market here. I don't exactly know. I haven't put my finger completely on it yet, but there is certainly a huge shift going on. And I think any of the collectors who have been in the game for a reasonable period of time um, are, are probably starting to say that that as well. Um, and we, and, we, and we've, used, yeah, we've used a term, you know, which I, I warned everyone that I'll be using a lot over future shows. The market is maturing. It is maturing. There are more people that are coming in. There's new money coming in. You know, we, we, we discussed off air that, you know, a lot of the people doing the transactions on eBay are not necessarily the names that we've seen in the past that are buying and selling cards. There are new people coming in and buying cards for whatever reason. Are they holding it and speculating? Or are these new collectors that have just not been on the radar? So the market is evolving. And yes, there's been some unhappy people that perhaps don't want to or can't afford to participate that and everyone's going through different issues at the moment in the current world we're in but for every one person that drops out there's a new person that comes in and that's another collector that's excited enthusiastic you know 
brings money to the table and whether that's for a card that you're selling or a card that you want to buy, that's good for the maturing marketplace that we're in at the moment. Absolutely. And it's certainly becoming more liquid as well. The circulation of the money in the hobby is more substantial because there's so much other uh, different, you know, non-traditional participation. Things like breaks are a really good example of how the money then recirculates. Someone goes and buys into a break, they hit some cards, they sell the cards, that money recirculates. But also the breaker needs to go out and purchase the stock. Yep. So that money's being pumped back into the marketplace as well. It's a big circular movement of it. And uh, again, it's uh, <clears throat> people may necessarily may necessarily not like it, but it's it's something that needs to be accepted, and people need to start to to adjust accordingly to to what their parameters are and how they proceed with their collecting. The market is maturing, and as a result of that, the market is changing. And I, I think one of the recurring themes of the last few days in a lot of my private and personal conversations with people was very much a card going up and listing for a certain price. And traditionally, people would look at that and laugh and go, ha-ha, you're dreaming, and, and it would be all really funny. But the card gets snapped up at that price, which is perceived to be above market value. And then the conversation comes back of, well, here's a screenshot. How, can you believe this sold? How did this sell? How did this card sell on eBay? How did this sell on Facebook? And, um, you know, my, my take on it and what I've very been clear in saying to people what, my, what I thought about it, my personal opinion, and maybe wrong, I don't really know, is that, well, it's different because you've got new people coming in. And for them, it's not about researching the history of what things used to cost. Yep. They come in, they see cards at a price, Someone is the first one to dip their toe in the water and make the purchase. The benchmark is then set. The next new person comes along. They see that's what someone else paid for it. So that's what they pay for it. They don't have the beauty of, of the, you know, the historical transactions and them participating previously. They weren't around in 2019. They weren't around in 2018. They don't know that a captain's signature used to be $400 or $500 yep. for last year's series. They've joined recently and they're participating and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's what people need to look at and say, okay, well, it's not a matter of someone necessarily overpaying. Sure, in certain circumstances, people do overpay, but we're in a, we're in a new climate now where it's very much a situation of, well, maybe that person didn't actually overpay for the card. Maybe that's the new benchmark of what those type of cards cost. And the pragmatic view of a longer term collector needs to be, okay, well, I might not like that it costs more now to get a, a variant of 60 or a variant of 40 or whatever it is because it's more than what it was last year or more than what it was six months ago or two years ago. Well, the, the flip side to it is, well, every card that you picked up prior to the last six months that's in your collection, as much as you may not want to put a monetary value on it and only have a collection and an emotional attachment to it, well, it's worth money. And as it sits there maturing in your display or in your cupboard, in your drawer, in your storage, whatever it is, that piece of cardboard has a monetary value that goes up and down based on market conditions. And it just so happens that as of right now, anything anyone picked up prior to the last six months is most likely, or, and that's from the last 10 or 12 years, is most likely worth significantly more now than what they paid for it. So is then that a rationale and a justification to say, okay, well, if an influential, you know, Nick Rewalt's influential that I have, it cost me $200. 
I was talking to the other Saints collectors three months ago because one popped up, I think, at the time, and someone asked the question, how much should we pay for it? I said, well, I paid 200 but I got a super good deal nine months ago. I think now it's probably a $300 card sort of thing. You know, a Jack Billings comes out now in this series. Jack Billings is not Nick Rewalt, okay? Maybe he will be one day. I don't know about that. The, 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 who, who knows about that? But the point is, I'm not sitting there going, well, okay, if I paid 200 for my Rewalt nine months ago, then I should be paying $200 or less for Jack Billings. That's not my attitude. My attitude is, well, I don't, want, I don't think I want to pay $800 for that card, but I have a target price that is higher than what an influential was two years ago. And that's where my price ceiling is. I'm realistic about the current market versus how it used to be. We can't keep dwelling on that. And I think that's an interesting point. And obviously, I, I recently acquired a Cochin Captain Signature, um, which was probably the one of the better SIGs from last Dominant Series in 2019. It was. That was, that was pretty much the biggest Captain Signature, one equally the biggest, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I, look, you know, I, I paid $500 for it, all right? So, and at the time, I'm like, yeah, look, it's, it's a decent amount of money, but it's a card that I want and it's special to me. You know, I naturally thought that if that's the best card from 12 months ago, well, surely the new cards can't be worth that much more because it's the exact same card. It's the exact same, you know, prestige of a, uh, a signature. How is it that a Pendlebury now is worth three times the amount for a card that I would say would be almost equal in stature it's it's insane it's it's pretty crazy but again it's market forces at work because i think what it comes down to and as we always say someone can list something for as much as they want it's when it actually sells and someone purchases it that the game changes you know and that's the thing people are buying these things as you said you picked up that card for five hundred dollars i remember there was a point in time where the cochran was worth 800 for a period of time you got it because you got it at the right time. You got it coming into a new release where people were needing to sell off cards in order to purchase new product because they wanted to get involved in a new release. Yep. And that's it's always going to happen. Those are those waves. Those are those waves of the market that people know. Come into a new release, a big dump happens beforehand. New release comes out, it starts really high. As more product starts to hit the market, it starts to dump off a little bit. You get, you know, for, for people can get in and out at the right times if that's what they want to do, or collectors know when is a good time to buy cards for their personal collection. Well, okay, look, look this is a question without notice. We haven't, it's obviously not on the run sheet, but this is two parts. If you're a seller, okay, and you've got a substantial, let's call it, prestige collection, is now a good time to be selling those cards? And on the flip side, if you're someone that is looking for, say, half a dozen green cards from the Prestige series, which, you know, two months ago were quite expensive, is now a good time to buy those cards because it's not the current shiny thing that's going on? Sorry to put you on yeah, the spot so, there, AJ. But yeah. No, ab- absolutely. And it's, it's, this is a absolutely realistic question because exactly what's taking place right now. My opinion is... If you can avoid selling the previous series of cards when there's heat on a new series, you should be avoiding that because it becomes a buyer's market for those cards, not a seller's market. Because all of a sudden, it's people, the rationale behind selling those cards is that you want to enter into a new product. So, as a result of that, whether you're doing it consciously or subconsciously, you would take probably 20% less right now for prestige green cards than what you would have three weeks ago. 
But I'll yeah. tell you something, in three weeks from now or four weeks from now, they'll be forty worth 40% more again. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is we're, we're in these waves. You know, I keep talking about it. They're waves of what's going on here. A new release has just come out. $1.5 million of product has sold at a primary market level. It's now hitting the market incrementally at a secondary market level. People are buying it up. They're spending the money they have this week and the money they have next week and the money they generate from turning over their own cards. They are getting the cards they need for their collection. You give it two weeks and 70% of people will have their team sets collected. The people who, who their team sets completed. The people who won't are the ones who are going for jumpers, O1s, low numbers, master set collectors who will still be on a prolonged chase because they have to wait for those cards to get busted out of packets, whether in breaks or personals or whatever it may be. So as a result of that, what's gonna happen in my opinion is that the hobby continues it's not just all going to fall off a cliff in two weeks time when yep. people have finished their chase. They're going to start looking for what else to chase and what to look back and chase. As you just said, all these sales going through on eBay, who know, uh, you know, from what pe the, the people are telling me and everyone's telling me who have a lot of eBay stores is they don't know who's buying the cards. They don't recognize the names. They don't recognize the addresses. It's indicative that a whole new wave of people have come in. They are collecting cards. This is their first series they've come in for. Well, what do you think is going to happen straight after this? They're either going to be looking at Prestige, Dominance 1 from 2019, or Supremacy. Yep. And then it's just going to keep going back. They'll keep expanding that chase up until the next release comes out again. So to answer your question directly and for, for the viewers and the listeners here, my opinion is, is if you don't need to sell Prestige right now, then I wouldn't be just selling it for the sake of selling it. If you have a reason to, then, then so be it. But uh, it's a buyer's market for that stuff. And I can tell you, like, if I see St Kilda Greens and things like that coming up and they're cheap just because someone needs to get a few bucks together to buy then a dominance card, well, I'll be buying them cheap, certainly. My, my, I don't have tunnel vision just for dominance. I'm looking for anything for my collection at this point in time. Yep. And that, that's a, that's a really good point. It's something that everyone should certainly take on board that um, this is, if you're a collector and you're in this for, well, whether you're in for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, that's kind of irrelevant, but this is a, a long game. It's not a short hit. Like in, you know, you know, you said, just said three or four weeks, but realistically in six to eight weeks, there is going to be limited stock for breakers to buy, or it's going to be incredibly expensive they're either going to start going back and breaking old stock, which then gets that back in, in the marketplace. Or as you said, yeah. people are going to start to look to buy single cards to go and collect or create other sets because we realistically are not going to have another release for five months, February, I would say. So there is yeah. a long time for people with itchy fingers and money to burn to spend money and time on things. So definitely yeah, keep absolutely. that in mind. Absolutely. Here's the thing. I, I think as well that the breaks, the we'll call it the era of breaks that's taking place right now. The first AFL release that that, that existed with was Prestige very much. You know, yeah, yeah, breaks have been around forever, but the huge influx of breaks and the availability, it came from Prestige. It was hard and fast. It didn't last too long. The Prestige product ran out really quickly, but the breaks all continued. And what it did was it put demand on certified 16 and 17 Yep. which is product that's been sitting at selects warehouse and at the distri distribution warehouses and with the state distributors for years. Yep. There was like 30% of that stock still sitting pelletized at the warehouse 
six months ago. Now, all the demand for brakes at the moment has subsequently sold out a product that hasn't been able to sell for three years, has all of a sudden sold out at a primary market level, and it's being pushed into the market again. And that, what that comes back to is that, that word liquidity that I said before. The market is liquid. The money is flowing. It's not just like set complete, everything goes to a standstill. That's not what happens. Someone finishes a set, they're looking for the next thing to do. Breaks, personal collecting, whatever it may be, they want in on the action. So it's just, it's not going to stop. For me, I don't see it just stopping. Yeah. And, and look, you know, we, we sort of joked at the top of the show how we both had a pretty late night last night. And it was, you know, people that know me know that I'm in a ton of breaks at all different sites at all hours of the day. But you and I were in a break last night at what? 1.30 or 2am in the morning and then I think you had another one again at 3am and you piked it yeah yeah well you know I'm a good dad it's father's day um you, go, yeah. you know it, it, but we were up to all hours breaking cards and the banter and the excitement that was going on at 2am in the morning was amazing and I mean a lot of the people in these groups um you know, well, the one we were in Planet of the Breaks last night, and I think you were then in Fast Break a little bit afterwards. But yeah, there are there are new people. There's males, there's females. This is not limited to a certain subsegment of the community. There are people from all different walks of life that are just embracing this and wanting to buy a slot, wanting to have a sweat, and hopefully trying to get their team to collect some cards that they want, which is awesome, absolutely awesome. And I think that's the key. Trading cards, collectibles, sports trading cards, AFL cards, whatever it is, it's not mutually exclusive to one demographic of people. There's something for everyone. And it's so exciting and fun at the moment because the sense of community is really building. And the start of a new release, emotions run high. You see all sorts of characteristics really come to the fore. But most importantly the fun, the excitement, the hysteria that takes place. And yeah, for you, you and I, we saw that really culminate at uh, two o'clock in the morning between uh, the fast breaks uh, breaking page and the planet of the breaks guys. They were both rolling out uh, these two boxes and three box dominance yep. breaks till sort of 3am last night. And there was, there wasn't intent to do it. it. It was fueled by the people that were in the breaks. You know, you and I were in uh, a planet of the breaks one. And um, at, at 10 o'clock, we were supposed to record this podcast last <laughs> night. Let's not forget that. We ended up not recording last night because we got deep into the breaks. It was good fun. But you and I were in a, a nine o'clock planet of the breaks that was then going to kick off at 9.30. We yep. were supposed to be doing the show at 9.30. We said, you know what? This break is a, it's a two boxer. It'll finish by 10 o'clock. Yeah, I'll tell you what, by 9.45, we'd already started a digital, you know, a, a keyboard chant for another break. <laughs> we, were, we, we were yelling at Luke Francis, the breaker, yelling via our keyboards to uh, not only do we want another break back to back, all the same people don't list it. We just run it. Let's do it. Run the yeah. randomizer again. Mate, we started calling for, don't worry about the two boxer. Do the rest of the case. Yeah. Do the rest of the case. Do the rest of the case. Um, but anyway, Luke ended up running another two boxer. But all of a sudden, whilst I'm in between the two planet of the breaks, bang, on fast breaks, a, a status update pops up from uh, the Laffin brothers, which is, and this is at midnight already. I think. It was almost midnight. It was like 11.30 at night or something. It pops up just saying, 
if we can get 10 likes on this, we'll, we'll run some late night breaks. Who's down? Sean, La- <laughs> Sean Laffin had definitely had a couple of drinks. I'm sure there was no <laughs> doubt about that. It was a Saturday, it was a Saturday night over in old, old South Australia. Um, down in Aldinga Beach, Mr. Laffin. Um, but yeah, and then, so that happened. They listed the break, sold out in like microseconds. Everyone's losing their shit. It's 12 o'clock at night. It is 12 o'clock at night. And there is so much demand for breaks that people are abusing the breakers <laughs> and the admins of the break pages saying, one listing at midnight's not bloody enough. Put another one up. So bang, that's exactly what happened. Another one went up and uh, I may or may not have fallen asleep about five minutes into it and woke up this morning. I had Geelong in the break. I had Geelong in the break. Woke up this morning, thought I'd hit a Gary Ablett influential. I'm like, oh, so people like Gary Ablett, Ablett influential came out on fast break, uh, two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, bullshit! I had Geelong. This is unbelievable. Yeah, wrong break, mate. Thanks very much. Mate. <laughs> very nice. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. And that, and that's and that's the excitement. And look, you know, to give credit to you know, obviously Luke, you mentioned it also the laughing guys. They um, they they embraced it and it's all in good jest and you know i think as i said that earlier break there were like 35 people watching it so you've got 18 people that are actually in it and then you've got literally that double amount of people again just watching it which is which is awesome and again credit to all those guys that are putting on a good show and putting out good prices and um you know it's fun it's really fun um, it, it does yeah it goes both ways and it's also one of those things with all the breakers it's very much the buyers beware situation i'm going to give a quick little shout out here to uh, a big big sydney collector ben griff who's uh he's commented he's commented on one of our posts earlier on card authority saying we should do a rate the break segment so uh we'll have a think about that we might have a chat about that but maybe we can get a special guest on one once uh once in a blue moon to uh give us a little rundown of what's out there and what's available on the marketplace when it comes to, to all the breakers. Cause yeah, there's so many doing such a fantastic job and thanks Jules and the guys at EJ's for the Jack Steele dominance card that came <laughs> out in one of those spots last week. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And that's but, uh, yeah, amazing yeah. cards. It's, yeah. It's great yeah. Stuff. And, and we want to celebrate things. So don't, you know, we, we make a very conscious decision here to be, you know, we'll, we're both straight shooters, but we, we don't want to kick people we want to celebrate the people that are doing things right. So, yeah, um, you know, that's definitely something that we can talk about. And, you know, we're more than happy to give exposure to the people that are doing good things. Um, I'm going to be a little bit self-serving here, um, AJ. I didn't tell you about this. So, obviously, uh, you know, you were very kind enough to um, hook me up with my Dusty pretty much before release had already happened. And, you know, I've still got the smile. It's nicely up on my shelf there with my other Dusties, you know, and... But it was a weird feeling. So I've been so used to chasing things and looking for things. Um, And as you mentioned, I think on the first episode about how I will evolve and look to new things to to chase. So I decided pretty early on after having a look at the cards on the first day that I loved these holographic logos. I love them. I thought not only are the holo cards really good, but the logos were just special. So I'm like, look, you know, they're not going to be a huge amount of money. Why don't I just see if I can collect a set? Let's see if I can get some of them. And I guess I just wanted to thank everybody out there that I feel that a lot of people have embraced my chase that I've been after. Some people have been messaging me out of the blue saying, I've got four headers. Do you want them? Or I've got five of this logo. Do you want them? 
I had someone drop logos in my letterbox today, you know, on a Sunday. So I really want to thank it. And also, you know, there's been a lot of people that have reached out to me to do Richmond um, deals. And in that first day, there were some things that I purchased that were a fair price, but obviously the market went bananas a couple of days ago and then prices just went berserk. And look, I just want to give a special um, shout out to a gentleman, Max Woolridge, which, you know, I don't, I'm not friends with him and you, I presume you don't know him either. He's a new collector, one of the new breed of collectors. And he looked after me and did a, a really nice deal. And then a couple of days later, he's messaging me going, gee, you got a good deal with that one. And we had a good chat about all the things that we've talked about over the last half an hour. And then he told me how he really wants to involve himself more in the community. He wants to do more collecting. And next season or next series, he's already planning on, on having a really good stab at it and trying to build his own PC and have a couple of chases for himself. So look, I won't, I won't expose what he's looking for. That's, he can do that in his own time. But I just wanted to say to thank Max and, and all the people that have been um, communicating with me. And, you know, my Facebook has crashed multiple times from the millions of notifications, but um, you know, thank you everyone. It's been really nice experience for people to embrace someone's chase not only with Richmond stuff, but with these nice logos. And um, I think it's a, a great, again, congratulations to the community for really getting behind something. And look, you know, I'm nobody, you know what I mean? I'm just a collector. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I'm going off script a little bit here, AJ, but I just thought it was a good time to, to shout out and congratulate everyone and thank everybody because I think they've been amazing. Absolutely. And I think that uh, what you've just said, uh it's going to resonate. It resonate. It will definitely deeply resonate with a lot of people, but it's also reflective of the the sentiment and the circumstances of a lot of the collectors community. We all rely on our relationships and other people in order to get the cards we need for our collection. And you know whether that's trading, buying, selling, spotting people, looking out. You know you yeah. got the likes of your people like your Peter Buchanan's and your David Hunters, they, these these guys have eyes that Eagle are just, eyes. They, they, it's Whoa. just unbelievable. But Peter, then go Peter is out amazing. Their, it's amazing, isn't it? Go out of their way to then send messages to collectors when they spot something that they know that that person wants or they spot something that's at perceived below market value. You know, that is, the, these are the quality of the type of people that we deal with and sit at the the top of the, the the quality of person measurement, we'll call it. But there also is those other people on the other spectrum who will go out of their way to purchase something just to actually turn that back over and re, retarget. So we, we really need to cherish, I suppose, each other and the people that help us and ensure that it's a two-way street. Absolutely. And um, for me, like, you know, you're, you're relatively new to the hobby in that sense. Yep. And it's it's amazing to hear you talking about it because it makes me feel like I actually am complacent and I probably take it for granted. Um, so many people help me on a daily basis and not just during a new release, but on an ongoing basis um, with my St Kilda Chase and our collection. When I say, our, oh, it's my household's collection. It's my kid's collection. It's yep. us collectively here. We collectively collect part of the pun um but yeah it's so so again from my perspective everyone knows how much i i appreciate it and um 
I try and reciprocate as much as possible with as many people as possible as well. But, um, and I, you know, I'll take the opportunity to apologize to a whole bunch of people who I may be delayed in responding to messages or forgetful um, with respect to, to things that I may have said with regards to certain cards from this series or whatever it is. So if, uh, if you are one of those people and I forgot to reply, just keep hitting me up. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll certainly uh, do whatever I can to help, help whoever I can out as well. But yeah, you, you see those really amazing qualities really, you know, magnified during a new release. So fantastic stuff uh, to, to the whole community. Yep. And, and look, I made, a, I guess, a little bit of a mantra that, you know, you were obviously very kind to look after me. Um, and that was such a, a, a lovely surprise. And I really then took it upon myself over those next few days to make sure I could almost pay that forward as well and really try to help people. And there was a, you know, someone that offered me a couple of cards and I just said, well, what do you need? What can I do for you? What's your unicorn? You know, and, you know, I'm in that process of trying to help people all the time that are reaching out for it. So, you know, yeah. don't please. 3,000 people message me tomorrow morning and ask me for dusky cards. <laughs> but, you know, as a general rule, I'm, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to help. I'm happy to help. Yeah, well, I've got a couple of logo yeah. cards now. Um, yeah, and if, if, if anyone's going to wonder, yeah, if anyone wonders why the price of header cards will probably end up skyrocketing, it's because uh, old mate AJ over here has just been buying up the entire marketplace. So look out, everyone. Anyone that's doing the holo set, make sure you get it done quickly. But, uh, yeah, the holos are an interesting one in general. Yep. Uh, to me, they are the one, the card in hand from the outset that was the real outlier and the real nice one that was a really nice surprise. To me, the hollows are a set that a lot of people are going to end up doing that wouldn't have done them in the past, I think. Absolutely. And uh, I think the, he the headers are fantastic. The headers look brilliant. Yep. I uh, actually have most of them. I have... Uh, I don't have Collingwood hey. at the moment. But it's it's not a it's not a unicorn, but I'm I'm looking forward to putting a two page eighteen card header set in a folder. So, well, hang on, so, so you say you're looking for Collingwood? Hey, hey, hey. Yes, yeah, so I need a pass. Are you going to whip one out here? How many have you got? Forty five of them. I've got forty five, but I I can definitely return the favour. Hang on. Hey, okay. here we go. Here we go. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Thank you. I need that. All right. I well, need that. We'll, we'll, uh, there you we'll, go. There's my set. There's my set complete. Thank you very much. That that feels like that's a, a, that's a, a pie's header card. That's a, like a seven hundred dollar card. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that seems like better. a very fair swap for the dusty dominance. For the dusty. There yeah, you I'll, go. I'll even hang on. Let me put in a top loader for you. All right. This one's Thank locked you. away. Deck clear. Beautiful. Perfect. Um, very professional. Yes. So look, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, I, I went off script a little bit there, but thank you everyone. And um, obviously, yeah, we'll uh, continue to chase and I'm sure I'll continue to have many conversations with people through all the groups and the different networks. Well, I think obviously this is a perfect time to cut to AJ's mailbag. So you've been inundated with questions and thank you again for all the viewers to um, submitting your questions, both on uh, Card Authority and also Good Vibes. So um, mate, what have you got for us? So uh, just a uh, precursor to AJ's mailbag. If we don't get to your question today, we will certainly get to it in the next few episodes. Um, we were only going to do one per episode, but uh, we've been pretty inundated on the Facebook post a little bit earlier. So uh, well, I'll try to get through a few of them. Uh, a lot of the questions are quite similar in nature and some of them we've already covered off. So I'm going to try to get through them as quick as possible. 
but at least directly answer these people. And again, thank you so much for submitting the questions, guys. And anyone that ever wants to lay a question to us or, or ask anything with respect to Card Authority or wants to get a question on the program to be addressed, make sure you jump on the Card Authority Facebook page or alternatively on the website, www.cardauthority.com.au, where there is a submission form. But we're going to start it off. And from the top here, we have Troy McGlade, who uh, in fact also actually has, has a breaking, uh, breaking page himself, the Hobby Kingdom. But Troy's asked a really good question here that relates to everything we're talking about. And Troy's question is as follows. Do you think that singles will drop or rise in price? I see the high-end stuff rising, but the mid to low dropping. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks very much, Troy. And it's a question that a lot of people are asking, and that's people new and old. The new people want to know because they're new to the hobby. The older people are just more like, well, what the hell is going on here? Because we haven't seen things like this before. We thought we could predict it and it was going to be the same cycle as what we're normally used to, but things seem to have changed. And the answer to that question is very different from my perspective right now to what it would have been previously. Um, to me, we're going to see a whole bunch of stuff drop and remain low. Um, it's the, the low end cards are going to hit, they've already hit their high, they've already been at a peak. They're starting to drop and they're starting yep. to drop day by day. Those cards, a lot of them, you know, numbered to 350 or 295 or whatever it actually is, there's plenty of them out there. And it's all going to come down to how many people are actually doing sets of each of those type of cards. There's more than enough there for the team collectors. It's how many people decide to do like hollow sets and things like that now. Yep. Um, high demand players will be bulk collected or people will collect in multiples. So I would think that low end cards of in demand players and also in demand teams to a broader extent, you'll see a slight drop but then you're going to see them go up in a steady increase over time. So things like your Dusty Martin hollows, your Gary Ablett hollows, probably, you know, there's, there's a number of players in the hollows, Fife maybe to a bit of a, a yep. lesser extent, Brody, Grundy, Holly, Scott, uh, hollow, Scott Pendlebury um, hollow as well. They're the type of ones that, you'll start to see them really disappear off the market because there's a, a lot of different people outside of just team collectors go after those. And a lot of the team collectors would probably do multiples of them as well. Um, but for the most part, I think that I, I don't see the hollows and stuff getting down to necessarily the $2 price point that we're used to from oh, previous series. No, exactly we'll see that. a little bit. We might see a little bit. We'll see little sell-offs here and there, yep. but uh, I see them really, really maintaining probably anywhere in that five to 10 region or maybe four to ten, four dollar to ten dollar region, depending on who the player and, and the team is. Um, but again, if the if the interest in the hobby continues to keep building the way it is, and more and more people come in, cards number to three fifty will be very hard to come by. Um, with regards to the high end stuff, Troy, the high end stuff started really high, and it's held higher a lot longer than what I'd anticipated already. I've noticed in the last sort of twelve to eighteen hours, some of the the lesser teams with a lower lower collector base have started to drop down maybe about 20 to 25% in price. But the big stuff and the big hot in demand and the big case hits seem to be holding and some of them even continuing to go up in value, um, which is an indicator that they'll keep going. Like to me, you know, the card like the Wayne Carey High Flyers, for example, which is an interesting card. It's from, it's from a, a number to 60 subset, subset 
but you know it's not it's not the most valuable subset because it's a double there's two in one case it's a one in six box hit so when you take that into account to me the wayne carey high flyer and a couple of the other high flyers are really interesting ones that people are trying to wait for them to drop from 500 down to 200 i don't think that drop will ever occur and those people now maybe will actually miss out at the 500 level and it could end up moving moving up significantly more so uh to answer your question, Troy, a little bit of both is going to happen depending on the card, the team and the player. But certainly we're not going to see the dump at the same level as what you and I would have seen in previous years. Yep. yep. I think that's spot on. Absolutely spot on. And our next question, I believe, uh, Jonathan, is that right? Yeah. So, Mr. John O'Lou. Uh, John O'Lou, a big Essendon uh, collector. Again, he's only new to the hobby. He came in probably about a year ago, a year to 18 months ago. He yep. came in for that golden period of supremacy and stuff. And if you look on uh, on YouTube, you can actually find John O'Lou doing his own personal private break when he received his supremacy case and hits a quad coach, uh, coach's booklet, signature wow. booklet in there as well. It was pretty impressive. So John O'Lou has asked a fantastic question here. Here it is. Could the supply of boxes and unopened, ca unopened cards factor into the perceived value of cards early on? And will we see a drop in price within the next week when breakers and collectors get more cards into people's hands? Keep it up, AJ and AJ. Well, thank you for the keep it up. We appreciate the pat on the back there. But more importantly, Jono, really great question. And once again, something that a lot of people have been asking in private. And uh, yeah, exactly what you're saying. We are seeing it play out right now and we'll continue to see it for a period of time. I do, however, think we're going to see it play out over a lot longer than one week. I think, you know, there's a portion of the stock that's been purchased with the intent of people holding it and then turning it over to the breakers and back into the market at a later stage. Um, so the unopened supply absolutely contributes to, to the numbers holding up. And it goes back to the, the percentages before, the fact that only 22% of the volume and the depth currently sits on eBay listings compared to what it was at the same time point on the release of Prestige. And as a result of that, that's directly led to the prices holding up longer in the market. Rather than dump off occurring after 24 hours, the yep. dump becomes really incremental over a prolonged period of time. Yeah, and I, and I think probably just to add to that too, that the, as we've talked a lot about these prices that were relatively high in the first couple of days, I think that's the influx or a combination of two things. The influx of the new money in just wanting to buy, and I know I was very guilty of that when I first came into it, but also the people that are set collecting or master set collecting or team set collecting and all the things that you've mentioned, they're trying to lock things down now so they don't have to stress about it later on. And that can push prices up very early. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a whole combination of things that perhaps have pushed the value of the cards up. But as we've seen, and as you've mentioned multiple times tonight, the prices are holding. So clearly there is still a demand and there's still a perceived value of where they're sitting. Yeah, I think it indicates it's also not just a singular money pool of, of money that's circulating every day there's actually more more new people coming in which means new money coming in to to, to keep fueling that fire basically um, and i think that will probably take us to our third and we'll, what will make our final question for aj's yep. mailbag on on this one which is from uh paul menich who's who is the perfect lead-in actually paul menich has said 
The demand we saw for dominance was crazy. Do you reckon because of this, we will see the demand rise for future AFL releases? Will Series 1 sell out on release? Um, fantastic question. And we'd love to be psychics, I suppose, and be able to uh, look into the future here and know exactly what's going to happen. My personal opinion is, as much as some people want to say that they're exiting and they're frustrated and they're annoyed at what's going on with cards because it's more difficult to be a collector, I don't see the demand dropping off anytime soon. I think that <clears throat> that perfect storm that's all come together to create and blow up the, the hobby and blow it up both globally, but also domestically and not just for NBA and everything, but now for AFL in this market, I think it's going to stick for a you know a reasonable period of time. It's not going to fall off within months. It's going to be for years is my prediction. I hope I'm not wrong. I could be wrong. I hope I'm not, but I think we're, we're looking at this boom being, a three, three, three to five year sort of boom taking place here. Um, and it's going to be ebbs and flows and it's going to drop off and go up and down. But the more people that come in and the more they invest into it, into their collections, it means they're more exposed to the marketplace. So that's going to stop people from wanting to exit and it's just going to keep new people coming in basically. So to answer your question about demand, demand for dominance was crazy. In my opinion, it was predictable, but it was crazy. And it's what we should be looking at as an expectation for the future. Now, what happens with market dilution from the manufacturer's level? Who knows? Do they come out and start trying to put out five releases a year, seven releases a year? Do they dilute pre-existing product? And rather than making series two 525 cases, do they make it a 700 case run or a thousand case run? Who knows? But I would like to think that the industry has learned from the bubble of that golden era of the late 80s and 90s, where the demand for cards became so huge that they just started to increase the quantity and they put so much product into circulation that it effectively killed the marketplace and it imploded. What Panini has done in recent years is really smart, is rather than mass producing a single product, they produce a multiple product yep. in lesser quantities. However, AFL and NBA are very different. There's no doubt the select modeling over the last three years has shifted towards what's happened in NBA. But I'm a very, very strong believer that the, diff the, the core difference is the amount of team collectors in AFL. And we're not, a, we're not necessarily a player collector sport. We're a team yep. collector sport. And as a result of that, if you reduce numbering of cards below that sweet spot of probably 25, to me, 20 or 25 would be the absolute lowest you can go, you start to alienate the marketplace. And all of a sudden, if someone takes a position of, well, hold on, I'm a team master set collector, and all of a sudden there's a card out there that it's unrealistic that I can attain that card, that's when they choose to, to either ignore that entire series of product or stop their, their collecting and change their collecting yep. parameters altogether. So, but yes, Paul, to directly answer it, I think the demand is there. It's going to be there for a long period of time. And I think what we're seeing is something new that's evolving on a daily basis now with the sealed stock being worth more than what it was at recommend, recommended retail. And as a result, single cards have to catch up to that amount. So either single cards have to go up in value or sealed stock needs to pull back in value at some point but well, demand will remain. Yeah, and, and to add to that, I think I'll give a, a real-world situation that I've heard from a few people. 
if you've bought a box or you know a friend that's bought a box in this series that for whatever reason has then gone and flipped it, it might be that they bought it for $250 and they sold it for $400. They've got half a dozen mates there that they've told them about how they made $150. I can promise you right now, when Footy Stars 2021 comes out in February or whatever it is, they're going to be like, well, hell, I'm going to go and buy three boxes each and I'm going to make a quick $400. So that's a real world example of people that have seen how they can capitalize on this situation, which then again creates demand. There is less stock around. People want to spend more on cards and we continue to mature and snowball down this market. That's just a real world in example that I've certainly noticed over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you. What we're seeing now, it's not an, it's not going to be an isolated situation. We saw it with prestige. It was the perfect setup for dominance. It's going to continue to happen into the future. Um, and I think AJ, that concludes AJ's mailbag for Ooh. episode three of the Card Authority podcast. We really need to get some sound effects or some sort of lighting or overlays or something. We'll, we'll speak to the tech guys about that. But I think Producer that's a... Julian, get onto it, mate. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll shoot Julian a message. I'm sure he's watching the show now. Um, well, I mean, this seems like a perfect opportunity to move into unicorn hunting. We've been so successful tonight. We're so far batting at 50%. We... Um, you know, obviously we talked earlier that we, we've nailed the Nick Natanui patch. We're still looking for the Ben McAvoy 001 engine room. So if anyone out there at the moment has it, obviously get in touch with us. We've got the pictures up on our Facebook page. Um, get, in, get in touch with us. We certainly want to make a deal or a trade or whatever it is and get that into the collector's hands. But the card we are hunting for tonight, all right? And this is for a... a, a someone that I know relatively well and that you know as well, um, Luke, he, um, he has been chasing a unicorn for a couple of years. Now, last night he was banging on to me saying, AJ, get this on the show. I don't even believe this card exists. He's telling me it does not exist. Full X-Files conspiracy theory kind of stuff. And I think at one point I even messaged you and I said, look, mate, does this card exist? And you laughed at me. You said, of course it does. You oh, said, of on. course it this, does. Let's, let's give a proper context. It was more of, hey, I heard that these cards don't actually exist. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen one? <laughs> yeah. And my response was, well, I know of several Hawks collectors that have them. And you've just come back to me and said, so you haven't actually seen them <laughs> yourself. So here you go, Mr. Conspiracy Theorist over here. Well, that the, uh, that, that, that uh, it doesn't exist. So tell, tell everyone, what are we looking here for here? And uh, let's see what everyone can come together and do. I think it's going to be expensive, but I reckon we can find one. All right. Well, we're looking for a Luke Hodge influential card, which I believe is from Certified 17. Um. It's number 240, I believe. Correct. So there's yeah. 40 of them out there. So it's Luke Hodge, Certified 17, Influential Card. If you can, if you have one, if you're looking to move it, or if you've actually seen it, because obviously neither is AJ. Um, but if you've got one of these cards, we will obviously do whatever we can to broker a sale or work out a trade or whatever it is. But that is what this week's unicorn is. 
a Luke Hodge influential card certified 17. We're going to find it. It may, it may come out in the next week or two in a break. So be yep. on the lookout, legends. Yep. Keep your eyes peeled if you're going in breaks that have certified stock in them and you see uh, the Hodgy influential come out. Make sure you get onto that person who hits that card and tell them to get onto, uh, onto AJ or AJ over at Card Authority. And uh, we're going to try to find you that unicorn, Luke. So the irony, if, if it comes out in one of your own breaks, that would be very funny, Luke. So it, we'll, uh, it, it we'll would see be. what happens. It would be. <laughs> Well, we'll look, happens. it's been an amazing show. Um, look, we want to thank once again Lachlan for making some time with us to come and have a chat with him about his unicorn. And again, thank everybody um, that has helped us and spoken to us. And we're getting tons of really good feedback. So we, um, you know, we want to thank everyone. It's been an incredibly hectic and exciting few weeks or few days, should I say? I'm definitely looking forward to uh, attempting to take a, a day off and have a little bit of sleep. But um, you know, the hunt for logos continues. But um, AJ, look, it's been fantastic talking to you as always. And I think also too, I, I mentioned, I saw you mention an email that you may have a special guest for us during the week. Yes, uh, yes. Um, oh, I don't know if we're going to, if we can tell everyone about it yet, but uh, we're certainly having a, a fantastic guest coming on in the next couple of days. Uh, we'll probably give it a bit of a teaser online Okay. once we lock in the specific day and time for it. But uh, it's going to be great to get another view, another opinion. Um, maybe a bit controversial, definitely impactful in a terms big, a, of not a big, just... A big hitter, though. A big hitter in this industry. A big, a big hitter in, our, in the Australian card industry, no doubt about it. Yep. And a big player and someone who has also probably got involved in this release of dominance at a level that we haven't seen before and really done some, made some very interesting moves from a business perspective as well um, that have really ignited the marketplace and there's strong opinions on both sides of it. And I I look at both sides of it and I act really impartially, but I think this person's knowledge and their experience in NBA and the international market and international product as well as now what's taking place with AFL product in the domestic market is, is a conversation not to be missed. Yep. It's something I'm really looking forward to and I, I really can't wait to chat to him. And we're going to tell you in the next couple of days, guys, who's going to be on uh, the next episode of Card Authority coming live and direct. Well, AJ, it's always a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. Good luck on the hunt. Thank you, sir. And uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. And we'll catch you on the next mini and then episode four to follow it over the next couple of days. Make sure you keep giving us as much feedback as possible. Jump on the website, the Facebook page, Twitter page, YouTube page, all the handles. You can listen through SoundCloud. You can check it out in Apple, Apple Music, many different formats. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Card Authority.